0: Welcome back to the Under the Dome radio podcast. This is a very special episode of the show. You are going to be blown away with what we have in store for you today. Please remember to visit us at underthedomeradio.com and either leave your voice feedback right there on the website or give us a call on our voicemail at 904-469-7469. Dome head operators are standing by, as they say. We've been hard at
1: work since our last podcast. As we mentioned, updating the website this weekend. You can now view all the great YouTube videos from at Wilmywood, NC from the premiere as she was on the red carpet asking our questions, as well as our instant video reactions from the pilot last week, which we will also post another one later this evening. And you'll find that on our videos and more page at underthedomeradio.com. And we have a nice easy link now for you to actually jump over to the streaming official partner for Under the Dome at the Amazon Prime viewing mechanism. You can either purchase that episode or, of course, if you are a Prime member, stream it for free every Friday for that week's episode. If you want to see it again, and of course, we will always need propane to keep the operation running, so be sure to check out the sidebar at the website. Now you will find a new way to contribute to the show by donating either a small, medium, or very large size propane tank to keep the operation running.
0: (laughs) Of course, and since this is the fifth episode of Under the Dome Radio, it's a special edition. Our regular segments are going to be resuming on the next episode of the podcast, but we thank you for tuning in, and me, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan, and you, sir, are...
1: Also a Green Bay Packers fan, planning my trip up to the cheese land for the uh, annual shareholders meeting, but... That will not stop us from putting out the awesome Under the Dome radio podcast, and we are glad you are here today because we have definitely been teasing that this is a very special episode, and we are very pleased, very humbled, and very honored to have with us on the podcast today, all the way from Los Angeles, California, the one and only Kevin Sizemore. Kevin, just one question for you. It's giants, right? Giants are what's behind the dome?
2: Well, if you consider... Small aliens giants, yeah. Let's say, why don't we say big giants? How's that alien giants? Yeah, let's go with that.
1: As long as they're not New York football giants, I'm okay. Oh, no,
2: no. Hey, hey, listen, I'm not a giants fan, and the Packers are not my favorite team, but I respect that team so much. I love what they're doing with their quarterbacks, man. They just keep, keep pulling them out. I don't know how they do it, but they just keep winning. So, you guys have a great team. I'm a Raiders fan, so I don't have anything to say. Charles Woodson, welcome to the club. Yeah, I love Grandpa's playing in the secondary. That's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you've got our former backup Matt Flynn heading uh, quarterback duties.
2: I'm 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 assuming if what would help our organization if we just got your coaching staff, just bring everyone over. That'd be great. <laughs>
0: We'll work on that. We'll work on that. You know, we are super excited that you're here with us this afternoon for the Under the Dome Radio podcast. We're going to have show notes and links for everybody that wants to get full details of this particular episode at underthedomeradio.com slash Kevin, since it's outside of our normal schedule. And this is our special pre tv episode two of the show and i guess that's why we're here today because we've saw we've seen the pilot so far three times and i kept looking for you kevin imdb told me you were in the show cbs said you were in the show but no kevin what gives spill well, the beans
2: I, yeah I, i'm really not even really in the show and i'm not kevin sizemore this is all a fabrication oh, and awesome. you and you've been set up so th- th- i'm kidding i'm just <laughs> kidding um now, what ended up happening is um, I've signed up for X amount of episodes, which you guys will discover in, in future. Uh, but with the pilot, they ended up just using my voice because they're teasing me, and they will bring me in hot and heavy starting Monday on episode two.
1: So from the promo pictures from CBS and some of the other places we've seen, it looks like you're a police officer. We assume you're on the other end of the radio when Linda and uh, Duke Perkins are yes. chatting to see what's going on on the other side of the mill in the pilot. So the biggest question for us, Kevin, is Peter Randolph is the character in the book from what we remember reading. So, are you a similar character? Are you a brand new character? Brother from another mother? Alien transplant? What's going on there?
2: Yes, all
1: awesome. of the above. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. um, w- no, when I when I got my character which is Paul Randolph. I did exactly the same thing you guys are doing. Who is this guy? What does he do? What's going on? Paul Randolph and Peter Randolph are the same person. They've taken the character from the book and they've changed his name into the miniseries, just so you know. Um, He's a... um, The reason they've changed the character, I, to this day, have no clue why. Um, But once you see episode two and three, you'll see... uh, You'll see some other reasons why there is someone else who does have the name Peter. Um, To me, I thought it'd be better just to call the other guy Eric, but hey, that's what happened. Um, But doing character, trying to do some character background studies on this guy, it it threw me for a loop for a while, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, because there's 120-some characters in the book, you know. so trying to keep all of them straight. I mean, I suppose if you call one Peter and another Peter and another Peter, the TV viewers would obviously get confused in a 44-minute span. And we already know that Peter Shumway uh, was definitely um, Julia's husband in the, in the pilot. So we're assuming that's where they decided, oh, we already called him Peter. And since you're coming in in episode two, I guess we got to call you Paul.
2: Right. And you, and you hear my voice. You know, I'm on the other line when I'm talking to Duke before everything happens with him. So um, they, they have me there teasing me up until episode two. And I, uh, uh, there's a lot happening on July 1st that the viewers are going to love.
0: So, Kevin, what was it that originally attracted you to the whole Under the Dome project?
2: Well, it was just, it really, it was just two guys. A lot of people don't know who they are, but their names are Stephen King and Steven Spielberg. They're, they're up and comers in this business. Um, so, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I heard that they had a, a enough money to make the pilot. You know, it's not a big pilot. It's very uh, low budget type of quality. But I thought, you know what, what the heck, let's just take a stab and see what happens. Yeah right. <laughs> um, listen, when I when I got this call, my my agent Lorene uh, sent this over to me, and um, uh, I was blown away when I knew I had an opportunity to play a character that has so much meat to it. Man, this guy is—he's uh, a think later, react first type of guy. He just does it. He knows he's next in line. Um, you know, when when Duke passes away, he's you know he's the guy that's going to be leaving the town and he's going to by golly let everyone know it he's a very proud person he does a a lot of things that a lot of people think are questionable uh, to him whether it's right or wrong he believes it Uh, I love that quality of him I like him just being very brash and um, getting the opportunity to go back east I'm from West Virginia originally and to go back to Wilmington North Carolina to shoot this it was uh, and it was it's awesome I I can't say enough great things about it.
0: Well, speaking of saying great things, are you able to tell us anything about the audition process for this show? Did you, uh, read in front of casting people or in front of Mr. King himself? How'd now, that go?
2: The way mine went is I was, uh, I was in Los Angeles at the time and I had to put myself on tape for the Finn cannons back East. They are, uh, casting directors in Wilmington, North Carolina. And, um, It was pretty simple i put myself on tape and two days later they called and said network approved me you got the job that was it you didn't have
1: to read read with anybody else or any scenes or anything just one time one take that was it
2: one time one take uh and fortunately for me jack bender who's the showrunner the executive producer um he he you know signed off on me and then the network signed off on me and uh thank you cbs thank you jack bender thank you finn cannons thank you loreen my agent yeah, uh, you know, who else ever I have to think, and uh, yeah, it, it worked out, and you know, God aligned the stars and He put me where I'm
1: supposed to be, and it was wonderful. That sounds great. I mean, we we already love Jack Bender because we're you know obviously Losties at heart. Well, if you, know. you love
2: Jack Bender on uh, for what he puts on the screen, you would love to see how he directs. He's such a actor's director. He knows what he wants, but he also allows the actor to give, and he's just so creative, and he's just a stud. He's really cool.
1: So you mentioned you were kind of prepping to read Under the Dome just to find out who this Peter, Paul, Randolph guy was. Did you read any other of King's work to kind of figure out what King's mind was to see what yeah. the story was all about?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, uh, Under Under the Dome, I was just baffled knowing that it's a thousand pages. This is amazing. And then, you know, I've, I've played around with his book, The Stand, of course. But, you know, the the, the all-time movie or anything that Stephen King's ever written for me is Shawshank Redemption. Um, a dear friend of mine was in that show and, and uh, to know that I'm working on a Stephen King project now and he wrote something that's my all-time favorite
1: movie is icing on the cake for me. Could I just say that it was robbed? That was the best picture and it should have won the Oscar that year. That's my all-time favorite movie. Well, say was,
2: it here. It should have won three years in a row. Even if it wasn't on three years in a row, it still should have won it was that good. I totally agree.
0: It's not too late to fix that.
2: You know what? I mean, let me ask you guys something. How would it be? And this is just coming off the top of my head. Do we leave that alone? Like, are there certain movies we never touch again? Or do we remake that as well? Because everyone's remaking stuff. Do we leave it alone or what?
1: I don't know if you can ever, ever come back to Andy Dufresne and Red the same way as Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman did that role. That was just epic. I know. their friendship at the end. I mean, it was just, it's, it's priceless. It's timeless. I and mean, that love, is one untouchable, untouchable.
0: I
2: would love to see a stage version of that, though. That would be Oh, cool. interesting.
1: That is interesting.
0: Musical?
2: That. Ha! That'd be no. great. It? <laughs> I'm freaking out of jail. Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> you can't stop show business. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so, with this show, a lot of Under the Dome is being filmed around Wilmington, North Carolina. You know, what are some of your favorite things about the whole Wilmy Wood area?
2: Oh, man. Wilmington is fantastic. Not only are, are the people just lovely, uh, they're just so down to earth and laid back. Um, you know, you're out at a restaurant eating and they might, they, they know you're not from there. They don't know who you are, but they know you're not from Wilmington. And they'll say, oh, what are you doing? I'll tell them I'm in town. And they're like, oh, that's great. You know, because they, they see it all the time. A lot of stuff shoots in Wilmington. Um and I was so impressed with the scenery and the locations they have so much to offer there. And, um, you know, with the tax incentives, you know, that that's why everyone's going to these lovely locations. And, um, I, I was just tickled, man, just to be around it. I, I had a blast out there for quite a while and got to know quite a few people. And, uh, if you've never been to Wilmington, it's just a lovely place to hang out.
0: It sounds like I definitely need to plan on going there. Do you have a, favorite restaurant or spot there in town that is the go-to place for everybody involved?
2: You know, th- I did not hit the restaurants that much. I uh, I hung out in my room quite a bit. My 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 wife and my son were back in L.A., and it, I know this sounds cliche. I only went out to eat three times when I was there. I never ate out. I was very, well, it was, listen, it was the NBA, uh, the finals were going on or something. No, the playoffs were happening. So every night I was in my room watching basketball or studying the script. That's pretty much what I did every night. So I don't have a favorite spot. I mean I went out a few times, but it wasn't uh it wasn't anything to where I could sit there and say I had one favorite location.
1: It sounds like there's episodes left to shoot, like two or three. Are you going back to Wilmington?
2: I don't know, am I?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That well might- if you're if you're going back to Wilmington, have you heard about the um <laughs> <laughs> there are these uh, group of people I, there are these insane extras that you seem to be working with every day calling themselves the domies yes and, and the word is they're, go- they're going to this place called Hell's Kitchen in Wilmington on Monday night they were there last Monday yep. uh, the awesome Colin Ford was with uh, the group out there for the pilot and it sounds like they're going to make it a mega event every Monday night at Hell's Kitchen so if you're getting back out there Monday night Hell's Kitchen you might have to go out now that basketball hockey and all that stuff is over
2: yeah, well, let me throw you something out with the Domies, man. When when we're done filming, every time I'm done with a take, um, I love meeting people. I love, you know, hanging out with the crew members. I mean, the crew members on Under the Dome, those guys and gals work so hard, and they're so good at what they do, and they're so cool. I had a great time with them. On top of that, the Domies, the extras that were there, they were great. Uh, we hung out and, you know, we uh, I, I got to meet a lot of guys and, and, and women as well. But, you know, we talked about fishing. We talked about locations and, and places to hang out. They were some of the coolest people on any project I've ever worked on. Uh, uh, the Domies there were fantastic. And um, I really I really miss hanging out with some of those those people. And if I do go back, you better believe that I will make an entrance to Hill's Kitchen.
1: You heard it first, Livin' Salty, James Waters and all of our Domies that are following us. You might see Mr. Kevin hitting the Hell's Kitchen soon.
2: Hey, James has been, uh, I've seen some of his tweets, man. He rocks.
1: James was actually really awesome. He he got one of our Under the Dome radio t-shirts and actually wore it to the premiere and then literally stripped his blazer and shirt off to do like the Superman pose in front of the red carpet backdrop. It was awesome.
2: Well then, you know what I need to do. Th- I need to do that for you guys. Uh, I'll find some event I'll go to, or I'll at least get a photograph of it. And I'll get I'll get one done for you guys.
0: Awesome, awesome. Great. So, two part question, Kevin.
2: Yeah.
0: What's been the most fun that you've had on the set of Under the Dome, and what was the worst or craziest scene that you've been involved in?
2: The most fun I had on set goes back to my relationships I've made. Um, you know. The guys and gals in the trailer, the hair and makeup people, the first AD, the, the, um, the stunt guy, Paul. I mean, all these people and the actors they, th- and the dummies. That, to me, is what I take away from an experience. It's my job as an actor is to take words off of a page, make you, the audience, and the fans believe what we're saying and allow you to fall into this fantasy world and get away from life for 44 minutes to an hour. That's my job. Well, aside from that, what I have to take away from that is what do I see, what do I do, what do I feel, and that's everything that is around me, which is all the things I just brought up. These people are fantastic, man, and that's what I take away from every project. It's the relationships. Um, now, the worst or craziest scene, I think most of you guys have seen it already. It's um, in, it's in the trailer when that explosion happens. You know, we're at a full out sprint, me and the other guys, and we're diving. We're trying to save big uh i'm trying who was with me paul was with me on that one yeah we're diving from the propane tank so we've seen that already in the in the promo so that was a pretty uh adventurous shot to say the least
0: is that why the episode's called the fire
1: that could be i didn't look at the episode titles wayne come on no i'm just kidding so what can we expect from the July 1st intro episode for Paul Randolph? Will book readers be surprised? Are there any twists for your character during the long haul? Or are you pretty much uh, cut and dry from what's on the page?
2: No, no, I'm, I'm different from what's in the book. I mean, you're, you're going to see some things that are parallel, yeah, but there's a lot of differences also. Um, we're going to pick up right where, you know, when Duke goes down, you know, I've got to get in there and see what I can do to help not only save him because I'm surprised, but... Uh, what the heck is this dome thing you're talking about? What do you mean? I, I know nothing about anything yet. So we're realizing all this as we get there. So it's going to be uh, confusion um, and guns blazing. I think it's going to be a lot of stuff happening and people are really going to dive into this episode and really enjoy it. I think.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to see that episode just a little bit later after this podcast comes out. We'll be just waiting for a 10 PM. Seems kind of late here on the West coast. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it does. You're right. My my family are in Greenville, South Carolina, and they're like, Can't they play it earlier? And I go, What you you want me to call CBS and say could you play it earlier for my mom and dad? It's called
1: it's called D V R, Mom. It's called Chicago. We get it at nine central, yo.
0: It's awesome. Oh man. Yep. speaking of CBS there, Kevin, they announced recently on Twitter that, uh, the dome is going to comic con in San Diego this year, which is a huge ginormous event. Everybody knows, are you going to be there as part of the under the dome team at comic con?
2: No, actually I will be at comic con. I will not be with, uh, the CBS team. I think Mike's gone, Raquel. And, uh, I think Jim, uh, Dean's gone. I call him big Jim. Cause he frightens me. Um, the, uh, they're going to be down there, but I'm going with a company called That's My Entertainment. Um, it's an online entertainment company. I'm going to be there uh, giving out some prizes, signing some, uh, some photos, and hanging out with those guys. But I'm sure I'm going to go over and throw a few tomatoes at the guys and go, ha-ha, we're outside the dome, I got gotcha! you. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll see them, but I won't be hanging out with them unless I just, you know, take one of their chairs and put my name on it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Comic-Con's always someplace I've always wanted to be. You know, especially, you know, we big Last Airbender fans, big Lost fans, you know, and Fringe fans. Yeah. And it's like 16.67 with the live plus three and the seven day hasn't come in yet for the pilot. So Comic-Con, I'm sure, will be crazy run with a bunch of people, even for the fall episodes. But what, what I thought was really interesting is that you've done a few Hollywood projects, including Transformers Dark of the Moon. You're on Rizzoli and Isles and Necessary Roughness on the USA Network. Uh, Prison Brick and Dollhouse, some of my all-time favorites. But Wayne and I were actually the most shocked to find out that you were on our second favorite show. Well, you know, after Lost and probably after the Dome, of course. we got to say nice things about the Dome, right? But uh, you were on 24. Yeah. So are you going to be uh, back to live another day with Kiefer and the crew?
2: As of right now, I am not. I, don't, um, I have not heard anything. Uh, that doesn't mean nothing is going to happen. But as of right now, the answer is no.
1: Well, we'll have to we'll have to work on that. We'll call Kiefer for you. Yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. How excited are you for the show to come back, though?
2: I, I mean, love Twenty Four, man. When my uh, when my son, well, prior to him being born, my wife was pregnant with Gunner, and when I booked the job, we uh, we watched I think four seasons of Twenty Four in less than a week. Just we just couldn't stop. We're so addicted. And, um, and what's funny is my, my brother never saw me in prison break. He calls me up a week ago and goes, yeah, um, we have Netflix and we're watching this show called uh prison break. You did that show a few years ago, right? I said, yeah. He goes, my goodness, we're watching seven episodes a day. And I go, Jeff, that's great, man. You're like seven years <laughs> late. <laughs> so Netflix is great, but it's also, uh, it's also, it, it's great for people to be able to go back to watch. And it's also great for people who are, um, Uh, i guess tv or dvr challenged
1: this is true this is true i know that i binge watched season one of 24 with the old uh what was those things they were shiny and silver they went into like a cd thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're coming back who knows but uh yeah 24 is awesome so i live in chicago i ride this thing called the red line And I saw something that you were in a movie called Red Line. Am I supposed to be scared about the subway or something? Yeah.
2: Uh, The Red Line is a train. It's like a metro underground train out here in L.A. And uh, it still frightens me to this day to know that we have an underground train when we have all these earthquakes. But anyway, uh, it's it's a great means of transportation out here. And I play... uh, a guy who just comes in town with his family vacationing and we get on the red line not knowing anything about this city and once we're there, some really bad things happen and we're now stuck 900 feet below ground along with everyone else on this train and our dilemma is after we figure out who's now alive and who have passed on, what happened? If someone caused this to happen on the train, who did it? Because no one's safe, including me, and uh, my most important thing is trying to make sure that my family's okay. And then how do we get the heck out of here? So you can get Redline on, uh, I think it comes out July 23rd on Amazon. It's, it's all over the world right now. It's in uh, Japan, China, South Korea, uh, Germany, Russia. It's all over. So uh, yeah, check it out on Amazon, July 23rd, Redline. I, uh, I star alongside John Billingsley, a wonderful character actor. And uh, the beautiful Nicole Gell Anderson.
1: I love John Billingsley ever since uh, Star Trek. I mean, John is just a fantastic, I mean, he can play anything, I swear. Yes,
2: he, he really he's, he's phenomenal in this role, and people are going to love the character. And you know, if, you can check out a trailer at redlinethefilm.com if you want.:
1: Again, that's All redlinethefilm.com, and we will put that link in the show notes at underthedomeradio.com radio.com forward/kevin. For this episode,
0: That's exactly where we're going to put it, because I want to check it out myself. <laughs> and also, Kevin, you know, you were really involved with your family and you were starring in a film with your son Gunnar. It was called Heartfall. And what was interesting to me about this movie that I guess it was produced with kind of a film contest where up and coming film directors have to make a film in 168 hours or something like that at the 168 Film Festival. Is there some more that you can tell us about that? Because that's really different.
2: Yeah, the 168 Film Festival. I've, I've done three of these in a row. Um, a guy by the name of John Ware, he created the 168 Film Festival. And I think it's, well, I'd say it's probably in its 10th or I would, 15th year maybe. I don't know. It's, oh my it's, my I mean, they, they've been doing it for a while. And the, the whole basis for this festival is to have uh, Christian filmmakers be able to come together and be able to do something Uh, in 10 minutes. You have to do this film in 10 minutes, but you only have 168 hours to shoot, produce, edit, and do the whole nine yards. Wow. I think they give you five days to write your script and cast your script, and then after that, if you start filming at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, then you have to stop filming the following Wednesday at 11 o'clock, and it has to be turned in by 11 a.m., or you don't make the festival. You can still be screened, but you're not eligible for the awards. And this year, the award is with Echo Light Studios. They're going to award one filmmaker that wins best film, the director. They're going to award them a uh, million dollars towards production costs to possibly do a film for them at Echo Light, which is phenomenal.
0: That is amazing.
2: Yeah. So it's a great possibility for a good film director to come in. And this year, I know we're, um, there are 22 films that made the top list. And one of, well, our film Heartfall is in the top 22, which is fantastic because my son and another girl, my son's eight and Reagan Kilpatrick is 13 and they're the leads. It's, it's really about their, their, their journey through life. And myself, uh, Jen Gotson and Sue Wood are supporting them. Uh, the film's directed by Joth Riggs, uh, who's done quite a bit of work. Uh, a lot of the first AD and now he's starting to really make a headway as a, as a director. But what's interesting about the 168 is, I said this is my third time doing this. Uh, I did one last year called Shaken, which is um, it's about an earthquake in, in Joplin, Missouri. And two years ago, I did one called Useless that was directed by Brandon Adams. Uh, that was produced by uh, Matthew uh, uh, 623 Films. And they, uh, they allowed us to do this wonderful story about Uh, it's really about sex trafficking. It's about how a guy sees all this happening with these girls and no one's taking control over the situation. And I I get fed up and I take matters into my own hands. I go in guns blazing. And when I do that, I end up killing an undercover uh, cop. Mm -hmm. I flee town. I come back 15 years later and I meet his son face-to-face in a restaurant. And the slogan for that film festival was called Forgiveness. So the whole time I'm sitting here having a conversation with this man across from me, he has a gun under the table, cocked and ready just to blow me away. And um, the power and strength behind that film, well, first off, it won us Best Film at the festival that year. We, we ended up getting uh, Best Cinematography with Brandon, and I was blessed enough to walk away with the Best Actor award. And um, you can watch it at uh, uselessmovie.com. It's a 10 minutes short. We made it for literally $2,500. Nothing. We just threw it together. And uh, just this year, it ended up winning the San Antonio Independent Christian Film Festival this year. And Echo Light Studios at that film festival awarded Brandon the $250,000 prize to possibly uh, put that towards production costs to another film that he might direct. So That little film, Useless, has done pretty well, and the 168 Film Festival has done wonders for me. Because if it wasn't for the 168, I would have never gotten redlined, because that's where they saw me.
0: Excellent how all those things come together, isn't it?
2: Well, people, what I try to tell actors, you know, I teach a Wednesday night acting class out in Los Angeles. And what I teach them is a few things. Who you see going up are the same people you're going to see coming down. That's number one. And number 2, when you're going into your reading for a casting director, you're not just reading for that job. You're not just reading for under the dome. You're reading for everything that that casting director casts and will cast. If you do something that's memorable, they're going to remember you. And that's what it's about. Go in, do your best, and leave it alone.
1: Can't say that enough.
2: Let me see if I have the 168 Film Fest uh, 168 website here. You guys can plug in here. It's it's uh, 168film.com. If you want to put that in the show notes, www.168film.com.
1: It's a, it's a fantastic festival. It sounds like it really does a lot for the industry, for up-and-coming filmmakers and producers, not to mention getting the actors and actresses exposed for sure. Definitely. Well, when
2: you, when, when you throw a $1 million production prize towards the end of that and, and you're going to get distribution in your film already, you would not believe they have 150 entries over – 25 countries, I think it was, this year. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And I know um, there were two films out of Georgia, three out of Texas, uh, six out of California, I think. Uh, One, two, three. uh, One out of Ohio, Charlotte, Arlington, uh, Virginia, Colorado, two in South Africa, one in Canada, and four in Australia. That's what's making the cut for the top 22.
1: That's fantastic. It's it's always great, too, to see foreign works come across and just uh, different people from different walks of life, you know, look at different things and yeah. present that content differently than what we might do here in the States.
2: Yeah. What can you do in 10 minutes? And that's the challenge.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So but the dome's going to keep you busy 16 plus million viewers. I mean, you know, it's, it's probably going to be renewed. My guess is any day for a second season, given that kind of, um, you know, power off the pilot. But you got other stuff planned, I'm sure, for the rest of 2013. What else is out there?
2: Well, my uh, Necessary Roughness airs, I think it's something like July the 10th or something like that. I have an episode. Of, I had a few days in between my shooting schedule, and, and I was able to pop into Atlanta and shoot a few days on the dome. I mean, uh, on uh, Necessary Roughness, which literally I shot two days. Uh, and on my second day of shooting, I left the set, and I had three hours to get to the airport, and I had to come back and start shooting Heartfall with my, with my family. Uh, with my son, um, I, have, I have another project coming out called A Christmas Tree Miracle. And I was able to shoot this in my home state of West Virginia. Um, it's directed by J.W. Myers and written by Ty DiMartino. Um, Kristen Seibert is is the producer on this, and she's trying to get a lot of films shot in West Virginia because the scenery and, and the tax incentive is, is amazing there. This is about uh, the George family. I have it all, man. I have a beautiful wife, kids, the job, everything you can imagine, and then one day I lose my job. And when I take that spiral going down, because I don't find a job at all, I have to take my family with me. So when we go from everything to nothing, uh, the the walk that I take with my family in this movie is not only um, heartfelt, but everyone in America is going to be able to relate to this because... You know, the economics have been horrible the last few years, and we're trying to dig out ourselves out of this hole. But you're going to be able to relate to this family on what would you do if you're in that situation. And I was so blessed to be able to work alongside Terry Kaiser, who a lot of you know is Weekend at Bernie's. He was Bernie. What a superstar he is, man. He was great. And, um, and then later in the year, I'm actually wrapping up my last uh, few days on can I get a witness protection. It's a um, – <laughs> And it's one of the only faith-based comedies that I know out there. There's not that many Christian uh, comedies. They're mostly dramatic films. And this is uh, written and directed by Robert G. Lee. And this ensemble cast is fantastic. You're going to crack up. You're going to laugh. You're going to get a little teary-eyed because it's very touching on how they um, how the two leads go through this situation. I'm supporting on this one. And uh, I was just fortunate to be involved. Uh, we have two or three things in the fire right now, and I, I can't talk about that because we'll find out this week where I'm going and what I'm doing next. But other than that, man, it's been a great, great run in 2013, and I appreciate you guys for allowing me to even come on and wrap a little bit with you guys. You, you're doing wonderful things, and I know all the domies and everyone under the dome is so appreciative of you.
1: Thank
0: yeah, you I so mean, much.
1: It, yeah, I mean, without the fans, I mean, that's really – we did this show – you know, long story short, I was actually a listener of Wayne when he did Lost casting back mm-hmm. in the day. So Wayne and I became friends through podcasting, okay. and then just and just to have this new mega opportunity to meet and this is really what Lost and if not even the Dome is going to probably do too. You know, it's it's the characters and it's the journey and it's how you experience people and just having this capability to talk to people from, gosh, we had a, a listener the last week from Poland. You know, we never would have been able to do that around the water cooler, you know, who shot Jr. and you're talking just to your circle of five, you know, your your 10 or whatever it is on the cell phone plans. Uh, But, you know, it's just really interesting what we're able to do with podcasts and new media and even just, you know, two humble guys sitting in their basements watching the Packers. And here we're talking to L.A. movie stars and getting you in touch with the fans and hopefully drumming up some interesting times to go see all these other works that just are sound fantastic the way you describe them, Kevin.
2: Thanks, man. Thank you. I, I am so grateful to the fans. They've uh, they've hit me up really nicely on Twitter, and they're following, and they're you know they're retweeting, and they're sending notes. And it's that's uh, that's what it's about. I mean, we we can't do anything if the fans don't appreciate what we do, and and I know that. I you, I always tell my son this: you have to remember where you came from. I'm just a country boy from West Virginia who had a dream that I wanted to do something in television. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I've been busting my butt since 1990 and I bounced around the seven states. I mean, I lived in my car in Nashville, Tennessee, for a week because I had no money, and I would walk around the side of the hotel that I was sleeping in the, car, in the, in the parking lot of to knock on the door. I'd walk out, when they finally let me in, I'd walk out with the guys who were dangling their keys checking out. When we would walk out together, the front desk guy thinks that I'm with them because I'm doing small talk. And after we leave the door, I'd go, oh, I'll see you guys in a minute. And I'd run back to the front desk and say, hey, I'm with room, whatever room key I saw, Two, three, three, I left my wallet. Can I get the key? I gotta go get it real quick. And they would let me run up. Of course, that's how I bathed. That's how I showered and got clean for a week. I mean, listen, I've done it all in this business. I've uh, I've had some great, great accomplishments and I've had some horrible pitfalls. Uh, people don't know that when the SAG strike happened, you know, not many actors, unless you were a super megastar, worked. I worked zero in that one year at all. And it was hard on me and my family. But if this is something you want to do. Whether it's acting, whether it's you're a plumber, whether you're a school teacher, whatever it is, if it's something you want to do, like I told my son, continue working every day and you'll get there. It, 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 for me, I'm a very faithful person and God's put me in a really unique situation to be able to do something I love to do and I can, uh, and, and I can appreciate it and, and I know how important it is for, uh, for me to do the best that I can because if not, I'm just going to squander some great opportunities but it all comes back to the fans.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely very much appreciated all the way around. We are so thankful. It's so awesome of you to be willing to be on the podcast with us today, Kevin, if people want to stay in the dome, so to speak with all things, Kevin Sizemore, where, where's the best place they can look for you.
2: The best place to check me out is you can, you can look up my IMDB, imdb imdb.com and throw in Kevin Sizemore. Of course that's, that's just to find out some credits and what I'm doing and where I'm going. But If you want to connect with me, find me on Twitter at Kevin Sizemore. You can find me on Vine. I don't know how many people are vining out there, but Vine's hot, man. It's the new video of Twitter, V I N E. I'm also at Kevin Sizemore. Or you can find my Facebook page, Kevin Sizemore Page.
1: Just awesome. And you've been so welcoming on Twitter with all the fans out there. We can't, I mean, that's what we found and connected with you. So, I mean, yeah, just thanks for being so humble and personable and. You know, just bringing it down to a notch and just uh, you know making the fans feel appreciated for sure
2: anything I can do to help you guys out man let me know I really appreciate your time
1: but we definitely cannot wait to see Paul Randolph tonight July 1st make his big debut on Under the Dome episode number 2 The Fire that's how I actually knew that the title was because I put it in the, <laughs> <into> the copy <laughs> but it's uh, 10 Eastern Pacific 9 Central for us in Chicago and uh, any final words for the Dome heads out there Kevin Thank you. Thank you for your continued
2: support. And I look forward to talking to you guys on Twitter. Remember, I'm in Los Angeles, so you're going to see it before I do. So keep firing them up, and maybe I'll try to tweet back at you during my episodes.
1: Thanks, Kevin. We'll talk to you soon. Have a blessed day, guys. Take care.
0: You too, man. Thanks. Bye. Well, Troy, that was amazing. Kevin Sizemore rocked it. So kind of him to join us and shared a lot of fantastic stuff, as well as great advice for up up-and-coming actors everything about under the dome and all the other cool stuff he's been doing uh this was fantastic how are you you doing there troy
1: i I just can't imagine like how down to earth he is i mean he's he's doing films with his son i mean he's going back to his hotel room to read the scripts and be focused on his work i mean what a what an awesome person you know and i think that's really what under the dome and like we said with under the dome and lost it's going to be the characters and what a great person to be a great character on this show i mean kudos to kevin i mean i hope i hope everybody's like kevin you know just listening to this podcast you know the more you could take away from his comments especially towards the end it's about you know just get up and keep working and doing what you can do and
0: you know we can all hopefully be better people in the end so much great advice uh, that Kevin shared with us. And now I'm definitely going to go back into my Netflix and uh, I know my son watched Pri- prison break. I'm going to have to check for his episodes. And of course, 24 because I got to get ready for the return of 24. So I got to go find, I think IMDB said he's uh, in a couple episodes from season four and a couple in season five playing the I character. Got
1: all, all eight seasons are lined up, ready to go so I can get it done before May, 2014. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. 24 is going to be epic when it returns. So by the time people are listening to this, uh, episode two of under the dome with Kevin Sizemore has aired. You've probably seen it. And if not get ready to watch it tonight, if it, depending on how time travel works, when you're listening to this episode
1: and which dome you're living in,
0: who's to say there's only one.
1: I spoil the ending. Oh, darn it. (laughs) There's got to be more than one giant dropping contact lenses. That's oh I'm again saying.
0: with the giants. That's like Jimmy Kimmel. When lost was in season one, he anytime he had any actor from lost, he, or no, it wasn't Jimmy Kimmel. It was uh Regis Regis. Regis. He would always say it's a dinosaur, right? <laughs> but Jimmy Kimmel did a lot of great Lost stuff too, back in the day. But, uh, so everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for this special episode of the under the dome radio podcast. it, We are just blown away. We're humbled. We're stunned. It was fantastic. Kevin's a great guy. Check out all of his stuff. We've got the links in the show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash Kevin. So you can check out his past projects, his future projects, and everything else that he's got going on, including I just now, as he was signing off, went into Vine and uh, connected with him on Vine because he's got a lot of cool, you know, those are all like seven second videos.
1: I'm going to have to do the same because I'm not on Vine currently. And now oh, I'm going to
0: be on Vine just to Troy. do it. Troy, there's, you can even use hashtags on there. There's a lot of under the dome people in there. I think even Dean Norris has a Vine account and has posted a, a few crazy things.
1: <laughs> if it's coming from Dean Norris, Big Jim, or Hank on Breaking Bad, I mean, it's got to be really crazy.
0: Absolutely. So we'll be talking to you guys very, very soon. We thank you so much for listening. We've got more regular Under the Dome radio stuff focused on the TV show. But uh, for now, as usual, the propane tanks are starting to run low. So donations of a sponsorship of a propane tank would be very much appreciated. Just go to underthedomeradio.com and on the right sidebar, you'll see the details. You know, the conversation does not end here. You can always find out the latest and greatest about Under the Dome by visiting underthedomeradio.com and you can now donate some propane. Don't ship it to us. Just send a donation to sponsor a tank. Right, Troy?
1: Yeah, just one small tank, one medium tank, or three gigantic large tanks. You know, Just don't ship it more than uh, six times a week. Just go with four, <laughs> and we'll be okay.
0: Otherwise, people will get suspicious.
1: At Andrea Grinnell, I tell you.
0: <laughs> she Jeez. doesn't miss a thing.
1: Just keep her name out of it, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we want to make sure that you definitely connect with us as we uh, have more fun stuff. Like us on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash under the dome radio where you can uh, see some cool dome head picks and some dome heads wearing their swag. Uh, Also new pictures over on the dome head page at under the dome radio.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at UTD radio podcast and use the hashtag pound U T D R or hash U T D R depending on where you are in the world. So we can find those tweets faster and always be sure to subscribe in iTunes Leave a great review or at least a rating. It really helps out the show. And while you're at your computer, please take a few minutes and find out ways you can share the love of the Under the Dome radio podcast by visiting our page, underthedomeradio.com slash love.
0: And, of course, let your voice be heard. Send in your thoughts and theories to be played on the next episode of the podcast. All the details on the site. Over at underthedomeradio.com, SpeakPipe Widget right there on the right, or give us a call, won't you? 904-469-7469. But until that next episode of Under the Dome Radio, if you're looking for us around the mill, you can always find us. Lost,
1: out on the fringe, trapped under the dome.